seen it. I haven't even seen it. Oh, there it is. There it is. Hey, Brent Leary here. This is the first live stream of the week. It's going to get off to a really good start because, you know, at the BBC, not the dudes over in England, I'm down in Stockbridge here, Stockbridge, Georgia, the Brent Broadcasting Channel. Uh, I am really happy to have Mania Moore with me. Mania is the Ecosystem Diversity and Inclusion Director for Salesforce. Mania, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Brent. I'm excited to be here on the BBC. I have to tell you, growing up, I did watch the, the British uh, BBC. Um, one of my favorite shows back in the days was called, uh, uh, I forgot what the name of the show is. But anyway, I'm a fan of BBC, but a bigger fan of the Brent, what is it? Broadcasting channel. Broadcasting channel, <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Um, I also a fan of the you know the, the old school BBC too. In, in in one of the shows that I I still watch Doctor Who. So Doctor Who, yeah. yes, yes. And now they've been coming up with some new programming as well, uh, bringing it back. So absolutely, so excited. So, but I'm excited to have you here. Uh, and you know, perfect timing because this just seems to be so many things going on. Uh, you know, last year I had a chance to talk to uh, Craig Cuffey. Uh, of course, he's chief procurement officer over at Salesforce. It was right after uh, the George Floyd situation. And we had a chance to talk about some of the initiatives that uh, Salesforce is putting in place. Uh, I, I don't know. It was I mean, there was already a lot of thought going on with Salesforce around diversity and inclusion before that. But things seem to accelerate because of the George Floyd situation. But. Before we jump in too far, can I get a little bit of your personal background? Uh, because you did a lot of things before you got to Salesforce. I, yeah, quite honestly, I. it's funny you brought up Craig because he um, was the reason why I came to Salesforce, actually. He recruited me out of my, my former company um, and over brought me over to Salesforce to launch their supplier diversity program. So I uh, have a lot of respect for Craig and have known him for quite some time. Um, because we were both in the tech industry, have been in the tech industry for quite some time. And my background is actually in supply chain management and procurement. Um, I've been in tech for uh, over two decades. I like to say that I started when I was 12 years old. They didn't care about child labor laws back then. Um, <laughs> and uh, my first job actually out of undergrad, I lived in Boise, Idaho, working for an OEM. Yes. And that was actually my first taste of this idea of diversity and inclusion and seeing a corporation really stand behind uh, the, the cause of trying to drive inclusion within a, in a corporation. And at the time, you know, I was young, 24, 25, and I didn't feel like anybody looked at me differently because I was black or I was a female. I thought it was because I was young. I was fresh out of school and I was ready to hit the ground running changed the world through its supply chain and was feeling like I got passed over for opportunities because of, you know, I was too young. I had to have many, many years of experience under my belt before I got those opportunities. And so um, after spending some time in Boise, I, I came back to Phoenix, Arizona, where I live, the Valley of the Sun and the Phoenix Suns, who are doing quite well, if I might acknowledge. 
to work for another tech company in the semiconductor industry. And I spent um, 18 years of my career at that company. Um, that company was one that I would say is a, a, a leader when it comes to uh, making big BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals around diversity and inclusion. It was um, the CEO of that company, um, former CEO, was the first to, to make a declaration to say, we're going to reach parity within our workforce by the year 2020. And that was in 2015. And at that time, I was managing, uh, I was in the supply chain space, so managing a program called Supplier Diversity, which is um, promoting the development inclusion of diverse owned businesses. I have a shirt on today that says phenomenally black owned um, within the supply chain. And we made some big, hairy, audacious goals to spend a billion dollars with diverse businesses. Um, and, you know, when I, when I think about my journey to Salesforce, after being at a company for quite some time and growing up in that company and having a strong network and a, and a, a reputation there, um, it took a lot for me to, to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. Um, and it was more around if I was going to make that move and shift. The, the company that I needed to that I was going to move to had to be one that really aligned to my values, my values around diversity and inclusion, innovation, uh, equality, um, one that was a purpose driven company, because at this point in my career, I'm more about purpose and impact than I am about paycheck. Right. Mm -hmm. Or title. And so um, when I think about what looking at all the companies that are out there still wanting to stay in the tech industry because I'm a tech girl and. Um, and believe in the power of tech and the future of tech. Salesforce was the was the the main company that stood out because we are a company that is about um, doing well and doing good at the same time. Um, and so I, there was an opportunity to come to Salesforce to to launch their supplier diversity program. Um, Craig Cuffey reached out to me as I mentioned I had known him for quite some time, and I decided to leave everything that I knew to jump ship, step out on faith and come for work for this little company called Salesforce, which over the past three years has grown beyond leaps and bounds and we continue to grow. Um, and most recently, six months ago, I left the supply chain space um, and pivoted into our partner ecosystem. And I'm extremely excited about that and look forward to sharing more about the work that we're doing because when you think about corporations spending money, right, and the impact that you have, a corporation can only spend but so much money. Our partner ecosystem, the Salesforce ecosystem and the Salesforce economy is, is, is so huge that um, we have the opportunity to make an exponential um, impact through the work that we're doing to drive diversity, equity, and inclusion. So long-winded answer to my journey on how I got here, my background before Salesforce, but uh, there you go. No, oh, that's great. Thank you. Because I was going to talk about uh, you started as the global head of supplier diversity, and then you pivoted into your current role. Uh, now, I uh, found this blog post that you wrote uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was kind of back, uh, I think it's two years ago, where you, you had talked about this experience you had visiting uh, women's prison and their mm -hmm. call center there and some of the lessons you learned. But so uh, there's this one quote. Uh, let me bring this up. So I, I just thought it was really great. We don't have to buy from the same people we always have. We can be inclusive in our purchasing decisions. We can support diverse communities by sourcing from diverse owned businesses 
that employ a diverse workforce. That's like a, a diversity ecosystem. <laughs> it, it, it goes, it's not just the, like, you know, in, inside employee diversity, but it's also looking to have diversity in the, the partners that you have, the, the businesses that you uh, source and buy from. And so when you think about, you know, the kind of the expansion, how does that uh, kind of fit the role that you're current, currently in? And how did that differ from the one that you kind of started out with? You know, that's a great question. And uh, thank you for, for talking about that blog that I wrote and the visit to the female prison um, here in Arizona. It was very uh, a very impactful visit. Um, for those who may not know, there's an organization called Televerti, and they are basically a call center, and they're a purpose-driven company. I think by now they should have their B Corp um, corporation, and they uh, work within female prisons. They work with incarcerated females to train them um, skills while they are incarcerated um, to help to ensure that once they get out of, of the prison system, that they'll be able to have the necessary skills to provide for their family. I think if I recall correctly, 70% of the women that are incarcerated, at least in, in this prison that I went to go visit here in Arizona, um, are, are mothers. Um, and so when you think about the impact that uh, these women have um, on their families, leading their families, and the importance of giving them skills to make them self-sufficient to be able to lead their families is super important. And I was so inspired um, during that visit and humbled, to be quite honest with you, um, because these women and their stories are no different than my own. They just happen to uh, uh, maybe have to maybe, I don't want to say they get got caught, but their consequences were a little bit different than, than mine. And I, I was a single mom at the age of 19. And so I can relate to them being mothers and I can relate to, you know, just sometimes making poor choices in life and having to suffer for those consequences. But the one thing that I was inspired by is that these women were learning Salesforce. You know, Trailhead is open source content. They were out there learning about Salesforce, getting certified on Salesforce and actually um, helping real Salesforce customers. It was like a real call center when I went through there. Um, and so at the time, you know, we talk about diversity and inclusion from a supplier supply chain perspective and the companies that we buy from um, being diverse owned minority women, LGBTQ veteran persons with disability owned by someone that's from an underrepresented group. Um, and this was the first time I was introduced to this idea of impact sourcing that you can even make decisions to purchase from and do business with companies that share your same value and that have embedded in their in their mission and their their vision um, in their DNA of their company similar to how Salesforce has in our DNA you know the 111 model and and uh, equality being um, part of our core values you know companies right now we're making and consumers and for quite frankly are making decisions um, based on their values and uh, in that company and that 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 visit that I had in that uh, correction facility um, was very, very eye-opening, uh, humbling, and inspiring. Um, how I feel like, uh, how we're differ, different now in the work that I'm doing in the partner ecosystem is because, again, a part of the role previously and the work that I was doing in procurement was, I don't want to say it was narrow, but it was more narrow focused than where I am today because we were just looking at 
what can we do with business enterprises, right? How do we support and drive diversity and inclusion with organizations that are majority owned, 51% owned, operated by someone classified as diverse? Now in the partner ecosystem, we are looking at similar, like how do we support black owned businesses? How do we support women owned businesses, Latinx businesses, LGBTQ uh, diverse owned businesses or businesses from underrepresented groups, those that are majority owned. But we also opened up that that, uh, definition, if you will, to recognize organizations that are founded and business enterprises that are founded by um, someone from an underrepresented group. And in addition to that, we uh, not only are supporting how we help the partners within our ecosystem grow, but we have a very strategic focus through our talent alliance program on how we could, how we are reskilling and up leveling um, those that are diverse within our uh, trailblazer community and with our ecosystem and actually connecting them to job opportunities within our partner ecosystem and with some of our customers. Um, and so this piece of accelerating business growth and, and supporting diversity and inclusion within or equality within the workplace, coupled with the work that we have, that we have the opportunity to do in the marketplace, we bridge that through the partner ecosystem, um, which is what really excites me because, you know, if you think about as Salesforce grows, we're on, on, on the trajectory to hit 50 billion. And I think that we might have even uh, come up with some other projections um, that were growing even faster than that. And then you think about what we enable through the Salesforce economy with so many job opportunities and such a great, uh, just, you know, generating so much, so much uh, revenue. Um, it's not just about Salesforce, but it's the whole ecosystem. And we have an opportunity to really make an impact there. So that's what excites me because when I think about the, the, the purpose and the vision overall of the work, what's the impact and what we're trying to do? Personally, for me, it's about generational wealth, um, wealth in underrepresented communities and through entrepreneurship, through ownership, through investing in companies and through job creation, we're able to, to really make an economic impact, I believe, um, and address some of the, the inequalities that exist today. So it really sounds like to me, um, and I, I really uh, you know tip my hat to, to Salesforce, traditionally you think of kind of supplier diversity, it's like kind of off to the side, not necessarily integrated into the core business. It, it, it kind of relegated to the sideline. It, it kind of feels mm-hmm. like. But what 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 you're doing and what Salesforce is kind of uh, kind of position is it's fully integrated at this point. It's it's just another part of the business. It's not separated from the business. It, it is fully integrated. And does and I wanted to pop this up because I think it kind of does stem to this. Uh, this is Mark Benioff, uh, 2015. It was easy to find this tweet. It's like six years old. <laughs> but I found it. The business of business is not business. The business of business is improving the state of the world, stakeholders, equal new shareholders. So yeah, does this absolutely. set the tone for kind of what you're doing and the approach moving forward that Salesforce has to uh, inclusion, inequality, kind of not separate, but fully baked into the core of the business? Absolutely. I totally believe in this quote here. Um, And as I mentioned earlier, it's about purpose and impact. And I believe that corporations, we have a responsibility to do well while doing good. And those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You could do both, you know, and in the space and some of the, and if I could be just 
quite transparent with you and honest with you. Um, in my in my past, when I've advocated on behalf of um, equality, um, not so much in Salesforce, but in my past, advocating on behalf of equality, a lot of times it it comes with this notion that the work that we're doing is more charitable, right? Philanthropic, right? Um, I remember one time talking to a, a female CPO who said, well, we have to figure out why these women-owned businesses can't compete. And I had to have the conversation with her and say that it's not necessarily about they don't have the, the ability to compete or they don't have the qualifications, it's that they don't have the opportunity and the access. And that's really what we're doing. Right. We're using our platform to to drive equality in ways um, that just make business sense. And those and, and if you think about that from a technology perspective, technology is all about innovation. How do you get innovation? You have to have different folks at the table with different perspectives, bringing different solutions and looking at the problems from their different angles to come up with the ultimate solution. Um, you can't you can't. You can't be the next greatest company or come up with the next best technology without ensuring that you have diverse perspectives, diversity um, and an inclusive mindset. Um, you, you, you can't do that. And so um, we have a an opportunity, especially through the work that we're doing within the partner ecosystem and Salesforce is just strategically positioned. It's funny, my former company was a customer to everyone. Salesforce is a supplier to everyone. We do business with everyone. <laughs> and, you know, it's like you, you go talk to a company and they're like, oh, I use Salesforce. It doesn't matter if you're a small business or a big business. Right. Um, and so we have this power, uh, powerful place position within the in the technology industry, I believe, to, to really be able to promote what that what that looks like and make an impact in the overall tech industry. Um, and we have a responsibility. And, and many of our, our fellow companies do as well, colleagues do as well. So I'm excited that, um, that you know, we work for a company where our, our, our founder and our leader, Mark Benioff, believes in that because um, it's, it's not just about words. It is about, about action. And even my role um, in particular is, is an example of how the company has is, is really taken action and invested and ensuring that we are being intentional about this and really leading um, the way um, to make an impact to these communities. Let me uh, pop up this uh, question from one of one of my regulars here. Does diversity also include things such as age and education? It's a great question. Um, and I would say the answer is yes. Um, diversity includes gender. It includes uh, race, ethnicity. It includes, uh, you know, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, LGBTQ persons with disabilities um, in the United States and includes veteran status. And it definitely includes age and education. And some ways that we're including that, um, it's funny because when you talk about age, our program is global. We we're, we're have a strategic focus right now with this first year building year. I've been in the role for six months, focusing on the United States. Um, but when I talk to my colleagues outside of the United States, age is a, is a huge, a huge one that they want to they want to have a conversation about. Um, when you think about education, that's one of the things that uh, we've heard a lot about in the technology industry and especially here within Salesforce, where we're pushing the envelope in some areas, not necessarily looking at looking at how what our requirements are with hiring new talent. Do they need to have a four year degree? 
Um, I came from a company where most of the workforce had, there was, it was an engineering based company and most of the workforce had like 50 something percent had master's degrees and even more uh, were growing like 30 percent have PhDs or something. So this idea of having to have all the degrees and letters and accolades behind your name in the tech industry, we are recognizing that sometimes that could cause a barrier to entry to some folks. And so we're really challenging ourselves to, to say, is that necessary? Let's get clear on that. And so diversity of education absolutely is, is, is important. Um, and we're pushing the envelope in some areas and challenging ourselves and other areas to see how do, we, how do we make sure that while we're on this journey to equality, that we uh, recognize the inequities that exist. What impact did the, the whole George Floyd situation have on kind of the, what you guys were doing at Salesforce? Did it just accelerate things or did it expand and accelerate things? But what, what overall impact, and maybe it's not just George Floyd, but all the different kind of social uh, things that were going on that kind of came to the head at the George Floyd situation? Um, wow, it's been a year um, since the murder of George Floyd. And um, before I answer specifically about, about Salesforce, uh, if, you, if it's okay for me to do some personal reflection, I would sure. love to, to be able to Absolutely. do that. Um, you know, my, my background, as I mentioned, is in, is in business and worked in the tech industry for many years. Always been an advocate in some, some way, form, or fashion for diversity and inclusion, but it wasn't until about 2013 where it became like part of my specific role. Um, even as a person who advocated for diverse communities, um, 2020 was such a impactful period in my life um, because for the first time ever, I had to reconnect to my own story and what it meant to be a black woman in corporate America. Um, the murder of George Floyd sparked conversation, not only externally with an organization of black partners that pulled together, they're all uh, black entrepreneurs within the Salesforce ecosystem um, that I'll touch more on and shortly, but internally we were having conversations that sparked conversations. And for the first time I had to, to talk about like what it meant to be a black woman in corporate America, how I myself had had to filter um, and check a piece of myself at the door when I swipe my badge to go into the door or when I log into my computer um, to assimilate into the environment because I don't wanna be too, too black. I don't wanna show up as an angry black woman and have an attitude too direct, right? Um, and so what that did when we had that conversation, um, for me, I believe George Floyd gave many of us permission to embrace our story um, and to be able to share those experiences. Um, our colleagues opened up their ears and their eyes and were really intrigued to want to know how can they help. Um, and many active allies came out of that. So that was the kind of the stuff that was happening internally. And, and, and one of the things that I always say about millennials is that they are unapologetically black. I have a 26 year old and I remember she would post things pre George Floyd on uh, Facebook about this stuff and that stuff. And I remember thinking, you shouldn't be saying that, you know, in the back of my head, like watch what you're saying and that stuff will come up. But you know what? In 2020, I posted black lives matter. 
I posted Sue Me. I was singing the song, Sue Me, I'm Rooting for Everybody is Black, right? Because, you know, you come to a point where where enough is enough and we have to recognize uh, a lot of the inequities. And so um, that idea of being authentic and being your authentic self, um, I got permission, further permission to be able to do that. Um, and, 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 and I, and I, and I, even as I'm sharing this and talking about this, I'm not saying, I don't think it's corporations responsibility to, to give you permission. I guess I gave myself permission to be able to, um, to connect with what was important to me in my own personal story. And as such, you know, bringing that into, into the work that I do. Um, so that, that was me and what was happening internally, what happened, uh, externally, um, with our partners is, as I mentioned, there was a group of black entrepreneurs that I say were inspired by the racial equality and justice task force that was formed by Salesforce, but empowered by the murder of George Floyd, where they too decided to come together and say, what does it mean to be a black entrepreneur and a black partner within the Salesforce ecosystem? Um, how can we show up to be more supportive of each other, um, to help each other's businesses to grow? And it was a month before, it was the week I actually accepted this job, October of 2020, a month before I officially started, that they had a town hall. And in that town hall, that they put together in partnership with Salesforce, um, uh, our colleagues, they uh, were just sharing what it's like to navigate the ecosystem as a black entrepreneur um, and how, you know, the value that they bring to Salesforce and um, the customers that they're engaging with. And um, it was just very, very inspiring um, to hear those stories and really energize me to get ready to work. And the, I would say that even my role and the investment that was made in my role um, was something that it's not just because of, of the murder of George Floyd, because there was a lot of work that was already happening in the ecosystem and within my organization. A lot of folks that were already doing some work in this space. But the and my my boss in particular, uh, Tyler Prince who is the EVP of our Alliance and Channels organization. He's always been an advocate of diversity and inclusion. He's actually the executive sponsor of what we call Bold Force, our Black Employee Resource Group in Chicago. So he's always been an advocate of diversity and inclusion, but he decided that he was actually going to invest his time, his money, um, and his resources to have my role and make it report directly to him. Because he could have easily said it'll be something embedded in the organization, but he didn't want to do that because he wanted to make sure that this was um, that he was directly involved in the work that we were doing. Um, so I, I so for Salesforce, we've always been on this equality journey for 20 plus years. It's, as you know, one of our core values It's nothing new. But I, I do acknowledge and recognize the impact that the murder of George Floyd, those nine minutes and 26 seconds that we all witnessed had on diverse professionals like myself, because even my colleagues that do supplier diversity at other companies, at the pandemic, I remember we were all talking about, there was this nervousness of, oh no, you know, the pandemic, they're gonna start cutting stuff and people are having to work from home. That means budgets are gonna be cut because lots of people in the in the DNI space at other companies don't necessarily have the budgets and the resources to be able to do the work that we're chartered to do. Um, but once the murder of George Floyd happened, you saw corporations really stepping up and investing and saying that we're not going to 
that we're going to really double down and, and, and do more in this space. Um, and I'm, I'm excited that that uh, Salesforce is one that has been leading the way for for quite some time in this space. Yeah. The, uh, and kind of bring up the maybe the last point here is, as you said, I, I totally believe and agree with you that Salesforce has been a leader in this area, in this effort. But it's also, you know, a lot of times you hear, uh, you know, people talking about this is just uh, kind of the something that they have to do, you know, <laughs> because, uh, you know, certain reasons. But the bottom line is Salesforce is a company that has done it, you know, and has been a leader in the effort and their revenues and profits have steadily increased. So it's not like this is some kind of a charitable thing. This is actually not only good for you know, you know diverse communities, you know, being able to have more folks be involved, but it's also just good for business. It's it's actually it, it you know diverse people buy a lot of diverse stuff, and it's good yeah. to have that you know that embedded in the company, not just from a, a doing good thing, which is good, but it's also making money too, right? Right, right. And, and let's let's just call out something that tends to be a microaggression or what I we used to call micro inequity back in the day. When you use the term diversity and inclusion or you talk about having, you know, having initiatives around diversity, a lot of times it comes with a negative connotation and this this belief that you're sacrificing something. You're sacrificing performance. You're sacrificing like you're it's charitable. Right. Um, you're, you're having to do business or hire somebody that may not be qualified for it. That is not what this is about whatsoever. And that's one of the things that Pete is like uh, something that really annoys me when people automatically lead with this this notion of if you have to hire somebody based on, you know, there, if you hire somebody that is a female or that is a minority or what, what have you, that you're compromising in other areas. Um, and data shows that that's not the case. You have companies that more women on boards that are higher performing, um, corporations with more diversity, as you just mentioned, um, and that have this embedded in their DNA are typically those that are outperforming, including Salesforce. You know, we, we are growing beyond leaps and bounds. And so I, I just wanted to call that out because I think a lot of times, I'm sure your viewers don't feel that way. Um, but a lot of times it, when we talk about this work, it always comes with this notion that you are having to sacrifice something. And, and that's not the case whatsoever. Um, businesses can be in the business of doing good and you can definitely drive diversity and inclusion without sacrificing performance. As a matter of fact, those who don't, are, are going to be the ones that are left behind, um, to be quite honest with you. And that's my belief. <laughs> and let the church say amen. Amen. <laughs> I, I'm there with you. I, it, it always feels funny. Well, some companies treat it separately, treat it like yeah. it, it's that. But looking at how Salesforce is, has embedded it into the, the foundation of the organization, you can't say that it's just, you know, a side thing or it's just that we something we have to do if it's embedded and the revenues keep increasing. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it, it sounds like it's more than just something that, you know, we need to do. It sounds like it's something that you should do because it's actually good for business. It's the, the smart thing to do. It's the smart thing. Many of this has been really great. Where can people learn more about some of the things that you're doing and what Salesforce is doing in this area? 
Uh, great question. You can follow us. So we are, I, we're on LinkedIn Live. You can follow our Salesforce partner uh, force uh, channel on LinkedIn Live. We're also active on Twitter. Feel free to, to follow me as well. Um, you can look on our app exchange. Actually, I want to take a moment to shout out um, our app exchange for those who are looking for diverse partners, consulting partners, and ISV partners. Um, check out the Salesforce app exchange. We can put the link in the chat. Hopefully, somebody can put the link in the chat so that folks can be able to get to those um, areas. And that's where you can find consulting partners and ISV partners that are certified um, on Salesforce. Um, yes, find out more about the Talent Alliance and our work that we're doing there. Uh, my colleague Molly Lorenz has put the link um, in the chat. And um, I want to also shout out if you have any entrepreneurs there that are in the space, in the room, and that listening today, that the, we have a build cohort um, through our Accelerate program. So if you are interested and have an idea of building a business uh, and an app, creating an app on Salesforce. We have a, 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 a session that's coming up in uh, August, I believe. And so the application is out there. We'll make sure that we get that to you as well. Um, so many different channels and ways to follow us. And I just appreciate this opportunity to chat with you again, Brent. I said it before we went, so I'm going to say it here, even though you probably don't want me to, <laughs> that I have been following you for some time. I count it an honor to be able to sit here and talk to you today. And I uh, just really have so much gratitude for the work that you're doing and how you leverage your platform to talk about diversity in tech. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time because I know it was a rough start to the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a rough start to my morning and it's about to be 118 degrees this week. So I need all the prayers and everything that you can send my way. But uh, I didn't want to be here to make sure I was here to spend this time with you. Thank you. And, and by the way, I always hear when it's 118, but it's dry heat. So it, does that matter if it's 118? Um. No, 118. <laughs> to be, I've been here for many years, and I don't think you ever get used to it. You go from an air-conditioned house to an air-conditioned car to the air-conditioned store and back. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the the, the temperature is um, unbearable. Um, I just got back from a vacation in Lake Tahoe, which was cold, but I welcomed the cold because now I'm back to the heat. Um, but let me shout out again my Phoenix Suns. Um, even if they don't make it in the last couple of seasons, uh, series that they have, I am just grateful that after 11 years that they are where they are. Because I really haven't been really watching them since Barkley and Steve Nash days. And wow. so now, I know, now with with uh, Chris Paul and with Booker, Brandon I'm like Booker. cheering. Yes, they are doing a really good job. And uh, it's hot in here, but so are the sun. So I'm All excited right. about it. <laughs> you keep uh, try to stay cool while you cheer for for the suns and thanks again and definitely would love to do this sometime in the future if you're up for it yes i am and hopefully in person oh all right yes everybody everybody just heard that right okay <laughs> safely thanks. in person at some point okay thanks again and thanks everybody for checking this out i'll actually be back uh in the next couple of minutes because i have a special show that just kind of popped up because something just kind of popped up. You'll have to tune in at two o'clock to find out. Thanks again. And I will talk to you guys soon.